Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 31 of Dreadful Talk. Um, the first Dreadful Talk of 2021. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. You know, um, and yeah, we've got a special episode planned for today with a guest. Um, and I'll just introduce him here momentarily when he joins us. And uh, actually, here he is right now. Actually, so let me get this quick sponsorship in real quick. This t- episode is sponsored by actually by these t-shirts I'm wearing, these long sleeves. We got them for sale, y'all. Just DM at Dreadful Talk Dom on Instagram or Twitter to um, order one. And uh, we ship nationwide. Um, for those listening on audio platform, is a long sleeve, um, comfort colors, super nice quality tees. Yeah, feel free just to DM one of those social media accounts to place your order. And um, we'll, we'll get it shipped out to you. And yeah, let's get our guest Jalen Rayford on there. And yeah, he'll be joining us here in just a second. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one, guys. And then yeah, Jalen will just respond to that request, and then we'll get you up here on the screen. But uh, but yeah, episode thirty-one, and um, so we got these shirts for sale, long sleeve. They're super thick, super soft, nice quality. Um, they're a nice bright orange color. And, and yeah, we got these for sale. Just DM at Dreadful Talk Dom on Twitter or Instagram, and uh, we can uh, ship nationwide. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in live. We're about to get this episode underway. So we're just waiting on waiting on the guest to join us, but it is all good because we are very thankful for his time. He's uh, um. I'll get into it a little bit. Um, hmm. Maybe having a little technical difficulty. It's all good. We'll get it ironed out. We'll get it ironed out. And we can't overcome a little adversity. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I just resent it here. Let me do it one more time. I'll cancel that one. Sit. Um, should be good to go. My guy. What's, what's, what's up, up, brother? Bro? Hey, uh, you mind just turning so that phone? Oh, no, it's all good, my guy. Um, yeah, there you go, man. Um, yeah, no, it is all good. No rush. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. This is uh, Dreadful Talk episode 31, and this is my guest, Jalen Rayford, man. Um, good friend of mine. Known each other for a long time. We played football together back in the day. Um, great guy, reliable guy, and I'm just excited to talk to you regardless of the podcast, man. I miss you. Wish you well. And, yeah, how you doing, yeah, brother? Man. I'm doing good. How about you? It's been good. It was good catching up with you. Yeah, I see you yeah, and Harrison yeah. doing anything, and you doing your thing up in Cali. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, man. Harrison, I could not have asked for um, a, just a more reliable partner on BP Boys, man. He's been rock yeah. solid every step of the way, which is which is cool, man, about, like, forming bonds when we were younger, you know, um, and then mm-hmm. being able to kind of just come full circle later in life, and you never know when – your paths might cross again and when you might need yeah. somebody to do you a solid. And, and luckily I got a bunch of solid guys like you in my corner, man. I, oh, yeah. I appreciate you, man. Where, where are you coming live from today, man? Are you in Texas? Uh, where are you at right now? I'm in Fort, uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, where I'm staying at my house. Oh, my house okay. Right Arkansas. So, so yeah. you're, you're kind of settled down in Arkansas right now. Yeah. My wife, she's from this area, which is okay. crazy. Cause you know, go, going to Oklahoma city, you always see that, uh, the sign. Fort Smith sign. And I'm like, yeah. man, what is a Fort Smith? <laughs> I have no idea what a Fort Smith is. And then, boom, here I am at Fort Smith. How, how do you like it? I've never heard, like, a review of Fort Smith, Arkansas. How do you like it? It's it's really busy because you got a lot of people that live in the city and then people that live on the Oklahoma side. Oh, so, okay. like, during the work week, man, it's like – it's almost like a game day in Norman, but, like, way more people. Yeah. Okay. That's so. There's a there's a city like that out here in the Bay called Santa Clara, where like if you look at the population sign, I think it only says like thirty thousand or something like that. But Mm -hmm. every big company like Apple, like eBay, PayPal, all these big tech companies are there that have like thousands of employees. So just like you said, game day, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people that go to this city called Santa Clara. And, yeah. and I mean, it's pretty much part of San Jose, but it's a, essentially mm-hmm. like not many people live there. But yeah, everybody goes there to work. It seems kind of similar. yeah, man. It gets it gets really busy. So 
you know, when I was working on the street, there's days when I'm like, man, it's about to be a busy day. Hell yeah, man. Um, So, you know, just to kind of get into it a little bit, um, you used to be a police officer and, um, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's kind of all I really know about it because I wanted to say to kind of get into it on, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, pick your brain too much about it off air, but, um, yeah. but yeah, man. So where were you a police officer and when were you a police officer just to kind of get things rolling? Uh, before we start, uh, this is for, hey, this is for Jay. Yes. You know, oh, I'm mean. so glad you brought that up, my guy. Yes, yeah, sir. Man. R.I.P. Man. Yeah. Here's the J. Man. We lost the. We lost a good friend. Norman, Oklahoma, lost a good friend. The state of Oklahoma. Yeah. The world. The world lost a good man, Jay Finley. Good um, dude. Man, one of those guys. What I just appreciated Jay is like, he went out of his way, like put great effort into like understanding people that were different from himself. Yeah. Like, like that was like a priority in his life, and like. I feel like like more of us can learn from that. Like, cause it's not convenient to do or easy to do or comfortable to do. But Jay is a guy who never shied yeah. away from, you know, a difficult conversation or a difficult oh, no. topic and was always open minded and willing to be educated and then always also willing to educate others and like, yeah, just a, a, a willing participant in change. Yeah. And, and and like he's a he's a guy that like he was, legitimately he was, yeah. Really he was trying to dude. make the world a better place, man. Yeah, I just remember him from basketball, but me and him, we'd always have conversations on the bench. And I still followed him through, like, I remember when he joined the Marines. I think he had, like, a stint doing, like, being a rodeo clown or something like that, which he had liked. And then he went <laughs> yeah. into MMA, and I watched him do that. And yes. I was keeping up with him. And then after that, because he would post on Facebook, but then I guess he, like, went away from Facebook, but I saw that he had a kid. And so when I heard yeah. the news, it was like, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was really weird because me and Jay actually got closer, like probably in this past year. And I'm not just mm-hmm. saying that than like we ever were in high school. Like, and it was like, because he came on the podcast, we had like a three hour, like deep ass conversation, real conversation. Cause that's the kind of guy Jay was. He got real. Like he wasn't afraid to get real, have a real conversation. And uh, so we went deep and then like just yeah. through social media and like keeping up with each other's families and stuff like that. Like we had, we had gotten closer with distance than we were when we were living in the same town. It's, right. it's, that's what, that's what I like about social media and stuff. Everybody talks about the downsides and the downsides are obvious. We all know them. But oh yeah. The, the upside, like, I was able to not only just maintain a friendship, but grow a friendship grow over, a friend, like, yeah. you know, 1,200, 1,500 miles of distance, man. And, uh, yeah, yeah it was man. a beautiful thing, man. Uh, he was a big supporter of BP Boys, man. He was always commenting on our video. That's what I'm, I'm going to miss that so much. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, um, that's another thing I want to touch on, too, bro. Uh, and as somebody who served in the military and done dangerous things yourself, like, I'm sure you might mm-hmm. relate to this, but it's like, so, yeah, Jay was in the military. I'm pretty sure he did a tour of duty. He yeah. um, was like a rodeo clown. He um, he worked with the horses. He was Horse, an MMA yeah. fighter. He rode a motorcycle all the time. Like, he did the most dangerous things. Like, if you made a list of, like, dangerous shit you can do, he pretty right. much checked he, all the boxes. He's and, up there and, on and then, You know, he tragically passes away in just a routine car drive. Just, right. just, yes. and, and, and if that don't put it in perspective, bro, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That that hit me yeah, so that's hard. A- like this man did so much dangerous shit, and then died doing the most like routine thing that we all do. The every thing day. that we that we all do during the day, he does all yep. the dangerous things, and the thing that everyone just it's just custom, boom, that happens. But yeah, man, it, it really like that. that I, I I've thought long and hard about that since his passing, and just how that yeah. makes me want to live my life kind of more fearless in a way. Because think about yeah. all the people that told him like, "Oh, you gonna get hurt fighting? You gonna get hurt on that motorcycle? You know what I'm saying? You gonna get hurt if yeah. you join the military? Okay. Like you just you gotta live your anything. life." Yeah, man. Yeah, like but, that really, that really like impacted like my like worldview, bro. Like real yeah. talk, man. I. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss him, brother. But thank you so much for, yeah, taking that taking that time and, and making a toast to our, our fallen brother, yep. Jay, man. Um, you know, you know um, there, there is a GoFundMe. I'm going to try to share it on, 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 on the social medias for the, for the, um, 
for for the podcast viewers that aren't personally know Jay, I can I can I'll post the link on, on my on at Dreadful Talk Dom Twitter, and that way you guys can go donate to the the Jay Jay Finley Memorial Fund. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, R.I.P. Brother, and, and yeah, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. I said this is episode thirty-one, and I know you've been a big support. I appreciate all your support um, since I started oh, this yeah. thing. And I, you know, um, I have always wanted to have a a, a a cop or a former cop on the podcast. Like that's always been yeah. a goal of mine. Um, actually, just to kind of set the kind of set the stage, this podcast essentially started on the topic of police brutality. Like my yeah, first that's... real episode was, was right after George Floyd, uh, the incident. And, um, and, and so ever since that moment, I knew that one day I wanted to have either, like I said, a cop or a former cop on mm-hmm. and not, not to like, for a weird reason or to prove a point, but just to like quite literally a hear both sides and, and, and B, you know, um, to just actually have the conversation in real life as opposed to everybody trying to act like an expert on Twitter. You know yeah. what I mean? That's how, that's how it has to start is everyone has to have the conversation and everyone has to get uncomfortable. Like, have you seen that, uh, that series in that book by Emmanuel Alcho, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man? You know what? I, I'm aware of it. I haven't actually yeah. watched an episode, but I saw he was doing that and I loved it as a former athlete, yeah. as a podcaster, like I'm, I'm all for it. I, you know, I, I love seeing him use his platform and, and, and do exactly what needs to be done. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware That's of how it. gets done. Totally, just, brother. Just talking um, about it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Talking about it um, with an open mind and, and with an open, you know, without like hateful intent. Like, because yeah. we all do this thing now and I, I'm guilty of it just as much we as all anybody. Are, but, we all are. But like, we we all want to say like gotcha or like oh yeah like you don't have nothing to say back to that like we all want those like mic drop retorts on social yeah. media and try to make ourselves seem like the smartest man alive and like you know sometimes it's it's good just to pump the brakes and and, and hear some sides out. Yeah. But yeah, what uh, we can get what was your first question was about uh, where I was a cop at. Yeah, where and when. Yeah. Um. I was a cop in the city of Fort Smith, so I worked for the city. So I didn't do none of the state police or none of that. And I was about a cop for about a year, just over a year, from All August right. of 19 to, what is this, November? Till November of 20. So you recently left. I thought you yeah. I I did. I wasn't aware of how recently you left. Wow, so this is fresh. Yeah. Fresh on your old noggin. That's what's up, yep. man. Um, oh, yeah. And you're still living in that city. So you were in the mm-hmm. police in the city that you lived. Yeah. Damn. That, that's dope. That actually kind of – I didn't even have this question written down, but it kind of takes me down a rabbit hole of – because that's a major problem in a lot of big cities and a lot and a lot of just places in general. The, a lot of police officers don't even live in the communities that they're policing. Nope. And, it, and that can weird. be very problematic. It's really weird because it's happened to me out twice that I can think of for sure that I was just both times I was in Walmart walking and I stopped. Like, man, this, that person looked familiar. And I had to like look to where I didn't make it seem obvious. But then that per that person, she was it was a female, she actually was looking back too. And we kinda made like a weird eye contact and I was like it took me a minute to remember what exactly she did. To where I had, because I ended, I had to arrest her for, uh, for DUI. <laughs> oh shit! And I was for like, sure, man. <laughs> "Oh man, that's that late." And she gave me, she gave me the hardest time too, bro. So I was like, "Oh man, let me, <laughs> I just gotta, I gotta get out of here because you're gonna I'm make me mad all no over drama. again." Oh, well, because it just yeah. brought back the memories from how annoying she was. Get it, man. Yeah. Get out my. I just like get out my face. (laughs) You wasn't trying to read. You know, you wasn't on the clock. You wasn't getting paid to deal with that shit. I feel you. Nope. Yeah, yeah, man. That that's a weird dynamic between two human beings. Like that, hardly anybody will ever be like unless you're a cop. You'll never know what it feels like to be in Walmart and see uh, some crazy business you arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, she was like, you know who my husband is. I was like, I don't care. You're over here risking everybody else's lives and your life, so yeah. we're gonna go do this. Yeah, Take yeah, no, for sure, man. That that's I'm sure as a cop, that's probably one of the things that you probably 
don't feel bad for arresting somebody for. I mean, that's like you made a choice and you fucked up. Like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? You, and you're putting other people in danger. Like, this isn't some weird thing that happened to you. Like, you definitely did. You made, yeah, stuff. you're old enough. You made that decision to where you wanted to go to the bar. I mean, everyone goes to the bars, but you made a decision to, to be irresponsible. To be irresponsible. I know some people are like, oh, I go out and I didn't eat. So then that does, that, the alcohol hits your blood faster. Oh, people yeah. Like, yeah. I normally, if I normally can drink four beers and I don't feel, any, feel anything, but this time I drank one and I felt everything. It's just because you had nothing in your system. Oh, yeah. I mean, I oh, man. I, I used to make that mistake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I used to make that mistake. Not not the driving part, but just like I would go to the bar after work and like I, I be, like work a late shift and I haven't eaten since like my lunch break or whatever. And I just start pounding. And before yeah. you know it, you're like bad decision for yeah, sure, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what made you want to be a cop initially? So I like helping people. Not yeah. there's some there's a lot of people in this world that that need help and that get taken advantage of. And it feels good when you get to help somebody doing the, doing like helping them figure out what they need and everything. So it was in the back of my mind, but then I never really active, acted upon it until one day I just woke up and was like, I'm going to apply. And so I, I applied and got through the hiring process. Okay. And um, do you think that, um, so you were also in the military. Like, yeah. how long in between, like, the military and you being a cop? Was there, like, a gap or, like? So, I'm still, like, in the military. Like, I'm the National oh. Guard or the Air Guard. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I'm still in. But when I got out of active duty, because I lived, I was active duty in uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Tennessee. Okay. I got out in, like, 2018. So, and then that next year in August, 2019, uh, I was hired on into the police, to the Fort Smith Police Department. Okay. And uh, so, like, do you think, do you think that that's, for a lot of guys getting out of the military or getting out of active duty, do you think that's kind of just, like, a natural kind of next step? Like, it just kind of makes sense to transition some of those skills over to, like, the civilian police force? Yeah, but you got to be careful with, you got to, it comes back to the police department, like, you got to know who you're hiring. You never know. There's always going to be the back to bad apples and jobs, like we always yeah. say. Police yeah, yeah. force get or law enforcement gets them. Seems like lately they've been getting the brunt of it. But you got to know yeah. who you're hiring into your department because it's not just affecting that person's life. It's affecting everybody else's life. So, yeah, it's like a, a – they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. They go like hand in hand, but – because I know a lot of yeah. guys, it's like, oh, I, I was ex-military and joined the police force. Because it's, it's like that discipline. And yeah. the military will you'll bring that discipline over into the law enforcement to where no one's going to – you know what how to handle situations, like, professionally yeah. and everything. So, yeah, they're well, like – That makes sense. I can see a lot of people doing that. Yeah, man. I, now, you talked about that hiring process real quick. Because um, – so I want you to kind of talk about kind of what that process was. And then also, like, I, I've heard stories and read stories that a lot of these bad apple cops that end up killing somebody have, like, already been fired from another police department. How yeah. is it, like, possible, like, essentially, like, like, like that's not, like, a deal breaker? Like, you've been fired for yeah. being an asshole at somewhere else, but you're, yeah. you're good to work here? Like, that happens, right? Like. Yeah, uh, so I want to say, like, so the department I worked for at Fort Smith, they were great. I was, I told the captain of, like, the patrol, I was like, yeah, I've only worked for one police department. But the way that they police themselves there, it's like, it's like top-notch, dude. It's like, someone do some, does something wrong, boom, right there. Someone's correcting you to make sure that you don't mess up or you're learning to learning so you don't do it again. So yeah. in Fort Smith, the police officers are really, they're trained really well. And as for the hiring process, it wanted, I applied in April of 19 and 
So it was like the the hiring cycle was open for like a month or so. So it closed like in May. Yeah, May. So it took almost like three, four months for uh for me to get hired on. Because like they're when they do their background checks, man, they go way back. Like I they I think they had called one of my elementary school teachers. Oh shit. Cause they so, real, they want to make make sure they're hiring the right people. Yeah. So so do, now my question is is that something that like only Fort Smith does? Cause like how are these bad apples getting in? You know what I'm saying? If they call in yeah. great teachers, like, I don't know. I know like that, that's frustrating. Yeah. No, it really is. I know there's some probably there's some police departments who you sign up, you take the your test that you got to do and pass. They'll do like a little quick background check nothing too in-depth and then you're boom you're hired on but Fort Smith they go really in-depth like they go the extra mile and what, yeah what, and it's that, you, that's good that's what oh, I like yeah no for sure that sounds great now now you said that like you know they're doing it by the book and they're, and, they're, and they're doing things the right way have you noticed like does that lead to a good relationship between the police and the community like does that oh, build yeah. trust like 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 the things seem pretty good over there compared to like in some other places. Oh yeah, dude. The community, you know, y'all, everyone, people just don't like police. So you're gonna have the few, the few people who obviously don't like police. But they, they look the police and the community here are awesome. They're they're like one in one because Fort Smith is really big into community policing. So we have they have a community relations officers who go out hand out sack lunches to kids and just talk to them to see what they can do better. We used to have to do like community contacts where we just go up and talk to citizens of the community, ask them, what can we do better? Is there anything that you've noticed that we can do to help stop this or something? And so it's really, it's been really good. It's really good that the community and the police are like one in one basically. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that that is good because you know it's definitely not like that everywhere, and um, you know it's it, it. I feel like, and, and see, this is kind of where it gets to like I think the places that want to do good, do good. That's why yeah. whenever bad shit happens, especially if it keeps happening in the same place, like all the fuckery that was going on up in Minnesota, like it was the same place, like yeah. like or or like a lot of sketchy shit happens in Louisville. Or, like, there's these cities where it's, like, it has to be just a bad culture. Like, it has to be, like, 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 yeah. I don't know. Like, like I feel like the places that want to do it right are doing it right. And it kind of, like, like, some people don't want to have the conversation that, like, some people may want to do it wrong. Like, I, everybody, it always gets framed as, like, an accident or, oh, we didn't know this was happening. But as you've just illustrated, like, if a place wants to know what's happening and wants to do the right thing, they can't. So these places yeah. that aren't doing the right thing, it kind of makes it seem like, you know, it's, it's, it's a choice or like at the very least, it's like compl complicit. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, we're turning a blind eye. You know, we're protecting our own. Um, yeah. It, yeah. They definitely, if they wanted to, the, some of these places that aren't as like into the community and helping the community, it seems like they can, if they wanted to, they could and they they would, but I can't speak for every department. I can't speak for everything. So no. I just know from my experience, like Fort Smith was big on it, and that's yeah. what we did while I was on the force. Like they, every so often they have like community events where officers sign up and go uh, help feed the homeless and stuff, just to get that's that interaction. Random and question: so, were, were you drug tested when you were a cop? The at the begin beginning, but they 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 randomly do it. They randomly do it. Yeah, they do. Do you, all right that because I I've always thought that that was so out of line. Like I gotta get a drug test to work at Costco, but the 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 motherfuckers carrying guns and arresting people for drugs don't like. Uh, oh yeah, no, they, yeah they do. Like if you ever get in an accident, or sometimes they'll just they'll randomly ask you. Because that's another popping. thing, like, if you're out there doing, trying to stop the drugs, you can't have officers doing the drugs also. Like, 
That's yeah, another that thing. Ha- like you can't you can't have all that sketchy shit going around. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, yeah. we're gonna go arrest this guy for doing this crack, but we got officers in here doing what no who knows what they're doing back there. So yeah, man, thing, I, make sure. I feel like and uh, and I mean so you grew up a, a black kid in Oklahoma, um, a, a, as did I, essentially. And so I, 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 I don't know, especially compared to your stories in Arkansas and what I've experienced out here in the Bay Area, like Oklahoma police seem really sketchy in comparison. Like I've had some absolutely horrendous experiences and heard like nightmare stories from friends of just yeah. like just really sketchy policing going on in the state of Oklahoma and different cities too, like – I had a buddy because I went to school in Shawnee and at OBU. I played yeah, football OBU. out there, and uh, and uh, I had a buddy who got but I'm not gonna say no names, but uh, he was he was he was busted selling weed out there, and uh, they raided his house and everything because it was before it was legal. And uh, yes, people that in Oklahoma they used to kick down your door for weed, but anyway, yeah. like they uh, they kicked down his door like SWAT team style, like did a did a sweep in his house, and they they they, they and then they got in his safe, I think even without a warrant. And he said he had like a pound and ten thousand dollars in the safe. And he said he got arrested like on the police report was a thousand dollars cash and a quarter pound. Dang. So they they kept that shit. Like, and that's like yeah. I, that's like a, a a real story. And, and like uh, it just like yeah, man. It seems like oh, the state of Oklahoma needs to definitely put the effort in that places like Fort Smith and, and, and I'll even speak, like I live in San Jose, California now. And, uh, and, and, and then, I mean, all, all my experiences with the cops out here have been way different than like my experience with the cops in Oklahoma. Like, yeah. like now granted, you know, I, I'm living a better life than I was back then too. Yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it. But, uh, uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, in like out here in San Jose, like almost every interaction with the cop I've had, like we have a lot of like women of color, that are officers and, and like a yeah. lot of like officers of color. And I, and I'm not saying like that needs to be like a mandate, like, like affirmative action or anything, but I'm just saying like, I think it helps. I think to have a it diverse does. police force is, is a benefit, not, not a discredit. Like, I think that goes a long way. Yeah. That's a, one, another thing. Uh, the captain and I talked to before I left, he was like, how can we get more, uh, more diverse? Cause when by the when I was on, there was about four or five. I'm probably missing some. About five of us that were out of how many? Like, uh, like a hundred and fifty. Oh shit! So we're talking like three percent. Yeah, something so like that. It was, wow, it was small. Enough. It's just I think a lot of people are just afraid to apply because then. Black, you get hit with the stigma. Oh, now you're the ops, and yeah. so you just gotta get over it. Like I, yeah. for me personally, I I knew what I was signing up for the job for. I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew yeah. I wanted to help take get drugs off the street that could do damage to like the city. Yeah, could do yeah. damage to me or my family. I'm trying to because you know I got I have a son. And I have a daughter yeah. on the way. No, I want to make sure that brother. appreciate. It. I want to make sure that they're living in a good city to where I don't have anything to worry about. I mean, they're going to because they're they're black. You know, racism's yeah. still alive and even more alive today. But coming from like the the drugs part of it, I want them. I don't want to have them worry about that because seeing some of the being on the street, seeing what these drugs do to people. I knew that what it did, but then I actually saw it like really firsthand. It's not I I don't see how people can do it. Now now I know why loved ones are like really when they their loved ones get gets on some hardcore drugs, they they don't know what to do because man, it will change a person to like no avail. Oh yeah, man. Um, like like it's crazy because I'm obviously super pro cannabis and like pro mushrooms and like chill stuff like that. But like when it comes to like meth and heroin and crack and shit, like like I I have like a no tolerance. Like I will like you know cut you out of my life. Like if I know you fuck with that shit, like I can't fuck with you. And like yeah, because like I grew up in like meth ravaged neighborhoods. Like I've lived in meth ravaged neighborhoods in Purcell, 
meth ravaged neighborhoods and and Shawnee it's so bad like like Walking Dead yeah. zombies and um but then I had never really experienced none of the heroin shit none of the opioid shit but then I moved out here to the Bay bro and like San yeah. Francisco is like have you ever seen the show The Wire? Uh yeah 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 so you know like remember the the, the hamster dam where they like legalized drugs and, and it was yeah. like just chaotic in the streets. Like that's really yeah. what San Francisco's like. Like, like literally, like my boy Rod. You may remember Rodney, Rodney, Rodney uh, yep. Papa Rodney. He was visiting me out here, and we went to San Francisco. And we you know we were we were walking from bar to bar and kind of bar hopping, and like we step over this guy who I'm gonna go ahead and assume he was asleep, but maybe he was dead. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't stop the check, and he had like a needle sticking out of his arm, and he was just like laying down in the middle, like. And we like we were because we were drunk and we like stepped yeah. over him and then we looked down and was like oh shit like like no it, and Whoa. then like I went to a concert and like outside the concert venue it's like the the civic the I think it's like the Graham Civic Center or some shit it's like a famous concert venue in San Francisco and I shit you not bro like it's us open air like uh like like thirty people were lined up on a bench at least at least thirty maybe even fifty like as far as the eye can see. And they were all shooting up, like just Shoot. open out, out, out. Yeah, and open, oh, yeah, just not even hiding it. And like, I, I used to be kind of on that, like, you know, like, oh, like legalized drugs and shit. But like, man, like I'm down for weed and, and uh, and you know, mushrooms and, and chill shit. But like, like that heroin and, and meth, like you can't be having that shit in the community, yeah. dog. Yeah, like you it, can't. Like it's all bad. Man, it will. I met, I remember this one guy and talked to him and he was super cool. And then like the week before I left the department I had to deal with him again. And he was he had tested positive for all these different types of of drugs and everything and he was a totally different person. And he was a big dude. He was a big dude, wow. so you never when dude when people are on drugs like that, you never know how they're going to react. So then, like being a police officer, every situation, you're already you're you're kind of heightened because you never know what's going to happen. But then, yeah, no, when someone's on drugs, you're a little bit more heightened because one little thing can flip that person. You're you never know what's going to happen. You may have to go hands on with that person, or you don't know did, if that you, person has a gun or anything. Did you ever get in like a fight? Did you ever have? Like, I did. Anything, I mean, like, I've had to, really crazy happen. I had to like restrain this guy, that guy, to the hospital bed so he can get his shot, his shot of ketamine. Oh, okay. And he kept hitting my mic, oh, and so okay. when he kept hitting my mic, I kept coming up over dispatch, and they kept asking like, "Are you okay?" And I couldn't talk to him because I was trying to <laughs> trying to hold this guy down. But then I finally was able to come over. I didn't like, I didn't get into like any foot pursuits or anything. I mean, that's good, right? Like, that's a good thing. Yeah. When I was, it seemed like every day I was on shift, nothing like that, that big happened. But anytime I was off shift, man, it'd be like, man, this person got into a pursuit. This person did this. And I was oh, like, it's every time. And it was, it was crazy because uh, during the summer, I got put on uh, military orders. So I was working during the summer. I worked at the Army base here at Fort Chaffee. And I was coming home one day. And this car was going, I don't know how, the speed limit was about 50. This car was trying to turn left onto this, like on the street, and just got plowed, dude. Oh, shit. You, right you like saw it me. happen? Yeah, saw it happen. Oh, I've man. never seen something like that happen in front in front of me. So I was, at first I was like, oh, wow. But then I had to get, I got out the car because I was in my military uniform. So, you know, I was, and I was still at the police department. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you I definitely had like help. a civic duty. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I get out the car, and the guy that was driving, he's getting out his car, but I guess his adrenaline's so like up that his legs are like wobbling, like almost as as he's if he was drunk. Like his legs were, he was like stumbling like this because he had his kid in the car in the front seat, who happened yeah, to be autistic, nonverbal. Oh shit! And so. He gets over there, and I have to tell him to call, or sit down. And he's like, "My son, my son." So I go and ask him. His son had no, didn't have a scratch on him at all, and he that's was just dumb. big. That's good to hear. He was just big chilling. That was 
like he was just sitting there. Obviously, he didn't know what was going on, but yeah, he was just man. chilling. But then I went over to the car that he had hit, and her car looked like a C, bro. Damn. So she, was she all right? No, she ended up uh, dying. Oh, fuck. Damn. Yeah. Like her oh, car, man. like we're, she got hit on the driver's side. So she, when I went over to where she was, she was like sitting or basically in like the passenger seat. Fuck, man. And her neck, like her neck was like this, but her face was like turned that way, dude. It was pretty oh, wild. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that, that's what I always think about too, man. Like, like when I think of like, and and it, and it's not an excuse, but I just like to think of things from all angles. And like when yeah. some cops end up doing some sketchy shit or something, it's like, you know, because you, you you saw like that was probably the worst thing you saw, right? Like what? But like imagine yeah. if you did that yeah. job for thirty thirty fucking yeah. years, and you like how many bodies and just how much fucked up shit is in your mind, like it, yeah. that changes a person, you know, a, a, it, after so many years. It does, and so another another thing is like. Everybody handles like situations like that different. Yeah, there's like officers. You got to become. You got to get like desensitized, really. You because you're gonna almost have to. Because you're gonna see it every day, or not. You're not gonna see it every day, but if you do it for your for thirty years, like you're saying, you're gonna see it. So you're gonna have to. So, you know, some people when they do it, they they're sad with the family. Some people. You know, some people crack jokes, and that's just how someone gets over deals with which it. I, I, deals with it, which I can understand. Like, oh, you're you went to this accident, but you're laughing. You're laughing at this. No, it's like how I deal with tragedy. You can't. Yeah. To me, you can't fault someone for how they handle tragedy because each person handled it different. True. And true. That's what a lot like, of officers it, it, were like. It's like, is that perfect? Is that probably the perfect way to handle it? No, but yeah, like, no. it's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, nobody. So, no, I feel you, man. Um, I kind of want to ask you kind of like a more of a philosophical question because uh, yeah. it, it seems to be one of my personal biggest beefs with police. And it's not mm -hmm. even individual cops. It's it's kind of just how how the whole system works. It's like, it's in my opinion zero like crime prevention like crime prevention is a is like a term that's like used by politicians and shit but doesn't actually mm -hmm. exist in real life because in real life a crime happens and then the police are called and then show up after it happens and so yeah. so you know as far as like protecting a citizen or preventing a crime like it's kind of, and it, i'm like i said i'm not faulting necessarily the officers themselves because i mean how are you going to stop something you don't know is happening yeah. And it's a tricky conversation, but I just that like because my truck was stolen this year, and um, yeah. and my truck was stolen, and then like I shit you not, like an hour and a half after I called the cops, they uh they sent like the little meter maid, the the, the little it's like civilian car that writes parking tickets, like they sent <laughs> her out like an hour and a half after I called, and they were like pissed that I called nine one one, like this isn't an emergency. I was like. Well, fuck me. I consider it an emergency. My fucking yeah, truck is gone. My vehicle's gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 like, uh, and, and so, like, and I just remember being like, this isn't helping anything. Like, I, 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 like, I would have been better off spending that hour and a half looking for my truck. And I just, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, do you, as somebody who's done the job, and I know it's a hard job, and I don't necessarily say I have the answer, but, like, is there a way that, like, crime could be even prevented more? Or, like, do you think that, like, reactionary – is the only really way to go about it. Yeah, it's probably the only way because you, there's only so many, like, it, cops in a city. Yeah, fact. And so, like, when I, for me, like, when I was working beats, I would, or what they, what we're taught and told is like, hey, just drive around your, your troubled neighborhoods, make yourself known. Because once, if someone sees you, they're probably going to leave that area. So when I see when like that happens, a lot of cops you just need to make yourself known. Just drive around. That's what I do. I drive around in my neighborhoods, wave at people outside. I would talk to the best people are your, the neighbors or the people that live in that obviously that neighborhood. Yeah, because they're gonna motors. They're gonna. There's always that one person that lives in the neighborhood that 
knows like everything about that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. They're going to notice when something's out of the ordinary. And sometimes they're going to be wrong, but a lot of times they're probably going to be right because they they know that area. So they're going to be like, hey, this this vehicle keeps coming in at this time, leaves at this time, and then another vehicle comes. And so like you're like, okay. And that's happened. They People have gotten arrested by it. And like, they're like, hey, go check out this house. Or so we'll go look at it. Okay. We won't do anything just to make sure and then uh come to find out that it was like a drug house. So you just gotta make yourself known and like you're not gonna always you're not gonna be able to stop the crime in progress. if you can stop a crime in progress, man, kudos to you. That's like That's like the, the goal, like the best yeah. case scenario. Yeah, that's what you you wanna stop it before it gets you know uh because you never, like I was saying, you never know how each situation is going to turn out. You could start off as a little traffic stop and boom, just like the, the, I don't know if it was a traffic stop or not, but those two officers that got shot in Tulsa, they were trying to pull the guy out of his car and he ended up, the video was weird. I don't know if he, I think he pulled a gun out or he had a gun in his car somewhere. And he was able to hide it, and then he shot both of them. And you, you can see it on their body camera. And, man, that yeah. was it was rough. And just, like, the weird thing for me, I was probably – it was last December? Yeah, I was probably on the street for maybe a week or two, like, in my field training, field training where I have another officer, a senior officer riding with me. And this guy in Fayetteville, which is, like, 45 minutes away uh, – sitting in his patrol car at the station dude comes up and just starts black shot like 45 rounds and killed him damn yeah yeah man i um no i i definitely whatever like the whole two sides to every story right like 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 mm-hmm. bodies are dropping on both sides that yeah. that's for sure and it and that's what that's whenever I start to wonder if if we're just kind of too far down a road of like yeah. because it, it's essentially damn near a war and like any war civilians get caught in the crossfire yep. and, and, and and good people die in wars and, and bad people die in wars and mm-hmm. and it's it really is like because policing in a perfect world like if you are writing like a book on like how to police. It wouldn't be a war. But if a war's already started, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't necessarily just – it's so so tricky and and nuanced. That's that's another thing that I think is missing from this dialogue is the nuance. Um, There's so much just black and white or both figuratively and literally black and white. You know what I'm saying? Just like – it's just good and bad, black and white, you know, good and bad. It's just, and and, and, and in reality, I I mean, most of life, most people take place in that gray area, right? Like, like, like most people ain't all the way good or all the way bad all the time. You know, it's a spectrum. It shifts. We all have good days, bad days. We've all done shit. We're not proud of, and we've all done shit. We are proud of. And like, yeah, it, and, and yeah, man, I, I, because uh, like when I, I've come a long way on this. Like, like when I was younger and I was living my life on the wrong side of the law, you know, I was definitely more like, you know, fuck the police and all that shit. But that's, I mean, obviously, I was, I was living my life like essentially illegally. So, like, you know, that's just what it was. It was adversarial. Uh, but, but as I've gotten older, you know, I got a family now and I'm not doing nothing I need, don't need to be doing anymore. It's like I really have started to underside, un- try to understand both sides of the coin a lot more. And and, uh, and also just like being in big cities like San Francisco and like seeing like real ass crime like happen yeah. before your eyes. It, it makes you realize, like, oh, this is why police exist. Like, yeah. it's like when you're li- when you're living in a town like Norman, Oklahoma. Like, let's just keep it a buck. Like, like and Norman is a very over police town, in my opinion, because not a lot of shit goes down in Norman, but they treat it like it's fucking like Baltimore. But uh, anyways, like, 
in a town like Norman with not a lot of violent shit happens, you're not stepping over, you know, drug needles and shit in a place like Norman. I, it, it, it's easy to tell yourself like, like, Oh, like what, why are all these fucking, you know, like, why are they always fucking with people for weed? And like, it's real easy. For, it was easy for me as, as a, as a young and to like be angry at police because like Norman said, I still to this day feel like Norman is over policed for the type of town it is. But I, but then, like I said, now I'm older and you go to a place, like San Francisco, where like mm -hmm. people regularly get mugged and stabbed and shot yeah. and all, just you, you know, you're stepping over over. That's what you hear and... about, like real policing. Like, yeah, I mean, every, yeah, everywhere's it, a real police, but it's the stuff you hear about on like for, first forty eight and stuff. Where, bro, like, like I everything. swear to God, San Francisco reminds me of The Wire so much. I know The <laughs> Wire came out forever ago, but like, yeah. so I, I, I like had all my San Francisco experiences. And then I, I just recently started watching The Wire. And then, yeah. so I'm like, oh, dude, that reminds me so much of San Francisco. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just, it, it, it's really like that, like, drug corners and all that shit. And it's like, uh, and it, 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 it does, it, it definitely shifted my perspective on just, like, it, definitely we need police. Like, police yeah. are a necessary function of a healthy society. You know what I mean? And it just, yeah. it, it, the, it, it needs to be done Right, and it can be done, right? And I'm actually glad you came on and told me that, you know, the places in your experience, you've seen things done the right way and you've seen mm. cities and police departments putting effort into kind of like righting these wrongs. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. I mean, let's just keep it real. Fort Smith, Arkansas, I bet at some point in history probably had a rough history of police. You oh. know what I'm saying? It's, it's the yeah. South. It's it, Arkansas. Like, mm -hmm. like, like, let's just, you know, it, it, but at some point, down the line, they made the decision like this shit's got to change, and we got to do shit the right way, and 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 it gives me hope, honestly, because like especially in like you know being out here in California in the Bay Area, a lot of people you know might roll their eyes at at a place like Fort Smith, Arkansas, but yet you know a place like that in the South with a history like Arkansas is still putting in the effort to do the right thing and it's like if they can do the right thing in fort smith arkansas you can do the right thing in minneapolis or louisville yeah. or whatever baltimore whatever city you know that's having these fucked yeah. up police problems uh everybody needs to just learn to hold themselves accountable that's like to me that's one of the first parts to do is like when i was on the street i really i knew how bad people like to play the victim but man it's bad, like how people like you. You did this, and now you wanna. Now you're just angry because you got caught. That's the real reason. You got caught. You got yeah. caught stealing some. You can't steal. You can't go and steal somebody's. My friend got his truck stolen. Yeah. Like you can't be mad that you got caught. You chose to steal somebody else. Like I'd like you saying I'd be really mad if my vehicle got stolen and. I'd want uh, somebody brought justice. to justice. Yeah, so, but then on the police side, it's like, if you if if you have someone in your department mess up, hold them accountable. Like, whatever it is, like, there's certain, you just, for something small, you just can't just straight fire somebody. You got, yeah. everyone makes mistakes. I mean, there's certain mistakes that probably aren't for as forgivable, but someone no, totally. does something little minor you can write them up but if they keep doing it that's a there's a pattern going on then yeah you're gonna have to get rid of that that person in your department your department yeah and so uh yeah that's man. what i feel like everybody needs to hold each other civilian well we need to hold ourselves accountable in law enforcement not in law enforcement anymore they need to hold themselves accountable which and i know fort smith they do that and they make sure and what i love when I was on the street, is body cameras. Yeah, that they, they, that's been a game changer. They tell you that there's a tons of times when people are like, "Oh, I'm gonna write you up for this because you did this," and I'm just like, I tell them, "Please go ahead, do it," because on I know on my I'm recording. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna sure. tell the whole truth right there, and you know how many times it's saved officers. From like yeah, complaints, it, like it's mutually it's beneficial to both sides. Yeah. The the body cameras yeah. for sure. That that's been a that's been a huge thing. That's probably been a, a change for good. That's happened recently, as far as like 
police reform. I was like the body cameras. Almost every city has mandatory body cameras now. That's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I um I agree with you on the like as far as like my opinion on the police reform. I'd like to see is how just like you said, being held accountable and, and um, because because I think what a lot of people like a lot of the people that are like getting so upset and fed up with police, it's like you know like like I worked at a sporting goods store for a while, right? And yeah. if I if I kept fucking up at the sporting goods store, I was gonna get fired. And, yeah. and, 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 and there's people, you know, they work they work at a car dealership, and if they keep scratching up all the cars, they're going to get fired. Or, or yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? If you, you're working at Walmart, and if you keep dropping flat screens, you're going to get fired. Like, right, and, yeah. and, there's, and there's people at home, and then they're seeing the, with people as a job as important, as, in, as, as, as you know, dangerous, as, as, you know, as powerful as a police officer, and, and yet they're just allowed to keep fucking up. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes up. Like, damn, how am I as like a Walmart employee being held to like a higher standard than this guy walking around with a gun and a badge? Which I know it's not yeah. like that everywhere, but in certain places or like these departments that hire people that have been fired from another department. Like, if you've been fired as a cop, like that's it. That's like if you get cut as an NFL player, like yeah. you done. Like it's just like I don't know. Like I don't think like. If you get fired from being a cop, you shouldn't be able to move a couple towns over and go fuck with those people instead. Yeah, that's a, that's what a lot of people do. They'll get fired and then they'll like move to a different city, probably like a smaller town, smaller town where they don't do as in depth background checks, and then they yeah, end up really. messing up. And they're like, "Did come to find out this is like his sixteenth write up for the same thing?" And you're like, "Dude, what the heck?" But then yeah, there's yeah, like, no, but... oh, we're not going to do anything. Just don't let it happen. Then he does it again. And then that's when everyone, like, that's my biggest issue. I Like, it got on my nerves was you're not holding your, police officer is supposed to be held to, like, the highest standard. Like, yes. we're there to protect the city or, yeah. like, whatever, whatever city or the, the citizens. The people of the city. The people yeah, of the yeah. City. Yeah, so. You really can't mess up. I mean, you're going to mess up, but you can't just walk into your own somebody's wrong apartment and think and just shoot them. You yeah. can't like that. That was weird. That one was weird to me. The whole yeah, Dallas yeah. one. Oh yeah, the Dallas one, and essentially the Breonna Taylor one Taylor. too. I mean, that, I just that watched right a yeah a video oh, about know. that. Yeah, man. About and how like, they like executed the warrant and everything. It was weird. Yeah, and I'm yeah. glad that, like, that resulted in, 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 at least in the city of Louisville, they, they stopped doing no-knock warrants. Because, like, you can't do – that's the thing. You can't do no-knock warrants in a state with loose gun laws. Like, like, yeah. like what I'm saying is, like, in the South, everybody has guns. And if somebody everybody kicks has down their guns. door, they're shooting. So, like, you can't – now, in a place like the Bay Area – you could, I mean, it probably you could probably do it. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, there's not a lot of gun ownership out here, and yeah. like, uh, but but like 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 in Oklahoma and Texas and Louisiana and Florida, yeah. like you're kicking down people's doors and expecting them not to shoot at you. Like, good luck kicking, with that. Yeah, like, you kicking a door down, you're probably gonna get hit in the head with a gun that's hanging on top of the door frame or something like that. Yeah, man, and so that that's that's another like mutually beneficial thing, like. Not only is that good for citizens to stop no-knock warrants, that makes the police's job a lot safer as well. Because yeah. just like, and I understand you want the opportunities for surprise, and you don't want them to have chance to flush the drugs or whatever. But hey, like you can't just be running up in people's yeah. houses without announcing you're there. Because because then like somebody can't surrender to you. Like you can't even that puts the. The person, even like, say they're a criminal, say you're a drug dealer and your house been kicked down, it doesn't even give you the option to like comply. You know what I'm saying? It, it is, it takes, because like a lot of times, you know, somebody gets shot to go, well, they didn't comply. But like, if you kick somebody's door down without knocking, they don't even have a chance to comply. They don't even, it, it just takes, it takes like peace off the table. You know what I'm saying? It's war at that yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? The compliant thing—that's a me officer. You know where the law. We gotta uphold the law. So if we tell you, if they tell you to do something. You actually—if it's within the rules, you gotta do it. So like, I had pulled this guy over. He was 
he was a sovereign citizen. You know, they record everything. He's like, I'm recording you, I'm recording you. And I was like, so am I. And so he wouldn't, he wouldn't get out the vehicle because he didn't, oh, wow. He didn't have a, I was going to ask you a, uh, license a plate. Oh, no, he, he didn't have license plate. So I would, I really was going up there and like, hey, you know, you can't be, uh, or you got, when you're driving on this, driving, you got to have a license plate. Cause that's actually how a lot of vehicles are stolen. They'll yeah. take, steal that vehicle, take off that license plate and just start driving. So I was just like, Hey, you got this, but then he started going, filming me and saying, "I'm not, I'm not driving. I'm traveling or something like that," and all this, you know, what they think. And so, it can, it almost became a big deal to where we would have had to like force him out the vehicle because he wasn't complying. Because then he wouldn't give us his name. So then that's if an officer asks you for your name, you have to give you it. Have to the, give it. Yeah. So that's what I want to ask you. What are the things? just for myself and everybody watching to just trying to keep people safe, keep officers safe. Like what, what are the things that you, you have to do? Like, I know the name is one of them. So if, if an officer tells you to get out of the car, you have to do it. Yeah. And then like, the so car. like, if but, but, but so you if can I'm... lock your car, right? Like, like, is that, they don't have the right to search your car. I know that. Yeah. We get, yeah. We got to have the fate. Everything's, like consent consent is key everyone knows that but like uh say i pull you over and you and you don't give me your name or you give me a fake name right there i can like i could arrest you for uh like governmental operations and stuff because you're yeah 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 fake name's a big deal i knew that one you can't so, lie to the police about your name i knew that one that yeah. that's that's definitely a thing but I, the, the get out of your car thing was always yeah. iffy to me. me like like I, I feel like that one's a little bit of a gray area or like if you get out of your car like you definitely have the right to lock your doors and then they so one what's the reason the like the reason for me like say i asked you to get out of the car like why yeah I would have to have a reason. I just can't tell you to get out of your vehicle. I got, like, reasonable suspicion and probable cause and all that stuff. I got to have okay. the, one of those for you to get. I just can't You, you see you a beer get. can or you see yeah. some drug pipes or some shit yeah, like that, that, right? Like I, that. Now, yeah, that you have to get. Because now you're, you, you either probably have some drugs in the car or you're driving impaired or intoxicated. Yeah, so yeah. then that's, right, boom, right there. But I just can't pull you over. For Let me ask you and this: say, get out your vehicle. Yeah. What about like where? And, and I'm asking because I've seen a lot of like police videos happen of this, and I've had experiences like this. And like, where does like somebody being rude? Like, when does that cross the threshold? Like, like because I've seen people cops want to pull a cop out or somebody out of their car just because they talked to them rude or didn't like their attitude. Or you know, like where's where's the line on that? Like like if if if, if is a citizen illegally allowed to tell you to go fuck yourself? Like like I, I know yeah, that's kind of that's funny not a question, but that's not a crime. Like not a crime, right? Yeah, it's not a crime. So like that's what I like people. When I was in the police academy, we were told like you can't arrest someone for flipping you off. Like that's not a crime. Flipping somebody off isn't a crime. Or telling someone to go fuck off isn't a crime. But, like, if they did that, like, I think one guy, they, one guy told me that, and I just looked at him like, okay, that you can yeah. say that. Like, you're not doing anything. Yeah. But, but a lot of cops get their egos involved. Yeah, ego, yeah. And that's, they get that's their the, feelings hurt. Yeah, that's the thing. They get their egos involved, and they start using that badge for the wrong reason. And that's when yeah, stuff yeah. will escalate. And a lot of people need to learn how to de-escalate situations. Yeah. And like in Fort Smith, we I got I went to this class called the Crisis Inter Intervention Training. It's where I I was like trained on how to deal with like mentally ill people. Cause that's, that's really, a really cool. You got that training. That's a really big deal here. I know in Fort Smith is the homeless population is really big here. Honestly. Oh, wow. uh, and we're trained on how to and like how to deal with people like that because not everyone can get medicated 
So that bad day is because they didn't get their medication or they had that, that flip where that caused them to do something. Not, not, not everybody deserves to go to jail for like, some people need to go get like to rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the brain is powerful when it's all messed up in there. You're going to do some messed up things. Now, if it's, if it's caused from drugs, then me, I don't feel too bad for you. But if it's like, I feel you. Cause you chose to do, you chose to do that heroin or crack yeah. or whatever. But if it's like a disorder, then you, you probably couldn't, you couldn't have helped that. So you need to get help. No, that's real. The jail's not going to help you. The, like a rehab center may help you. And so Fort Smith is really good on that. They have all, that's dope. We're all, tr- so most of the officers, now they're trying to get all their officers trained into that. And so. That's uh, good, man. I think, I think, and I, and I think that's going to be a trend in more and more cities and more and more places across the country. I think that's going to go a long way to improving that um, community police relationship. I really yeah. do. And um, I know we're coming up, we're pretty much just hit the hour mark. I got one last question that I forgot to ask you, and I, I, yeah. I don't want to end this without asking it. So what was the official, like, what made you just decide that, like, you know, you're not going to be a police officer anymore? I just, like I said, it was weird. Just one day I was like, man, I don't see myself doing this job for 20 plus years. Yeah. I'm I'm still young. I don't, I'd rather get out now than in Wait four or five years. Because there's times when sometimes you're just stuck because you invested so much time into it. You're just like, I'm stuck. Like, it would be worse for me to go quit this job and start a new one than because when like basically once you hit like 10 years here, it's like you're almost kind of stuck because you invested so much time yeah. into it in like your retirements because they have a really good retirement here. But yeah, you yeah. invested so much time. You're just like, man, I don't want to do this. And like I was like, I got a son. I yeah. want to start seeing him more. And all this, okay. and um, which I mean, I enjoyed my time on the law enforcement. I learned a lot. I and bet. Like, I was like, I bet. And I was like, man, because then I saw you started doing this these podcasts. Like, man, I could, I'm gonna hit him up one day and talk to him from my point of view because yeah. one, I was a police officer, and two, or I should say, one, I was a black. I'm black. Yeah. And two, I'm a black. I was a black police officer, so. Definitely. I got like both sides, like, yeah, no, which so. is exactly why I was so stoked on this episode, and I was so stoked on having you on, and you're the perfect man to talk to about, like, like seriously, bro, like, like th- this, and, and I'm sure I might have like a white cop on one day or something, but for I, I feel like just the kind of commonality and, and um. And just your unique perspective and your unique experience was exactly the perspective I was trying to bring to the podcast and to the audience. And, um, and yeah, man, I just, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. Um, thank you so much for being a part of, uh, you know, yeah. Dreadful Talk episode 31. Um, thanks for everybody yeah, that man. viewed live on Instagram. Um, and, and yeah, th- this will go on YouTube and then the audio will go to Spotify and Apple podcasts and all those audio platforms. No. But yeah, man. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of it and thank you for yeah. your service and just and thank you for, you know, I wish you and your family a happy new year, brother. Yeah, before we go, I do want to say like for everybody, because me being on the law enforcement side when I was like, it, I know it's super hard and very hard, but you still got, or you still should try to trust that officer until they give you a reason to not trust them. Okay. Like, when I'd go to calls, I would, like me, I would go there I really wanted to get to the bottom or help you what was going on. If someone stole something from, from me, I'd want to, I'd get all the information that I could. So that person that the suspect would be brought to justice. But if you already had that negative connotation of, Oh man, the police are coming. I'm not going to help them. Then I can't do my job to help you get your stuff back or get, maybe you won't get your stuff back, but you can possibly get restitution. And yeah. So, okay. I know it's hard. For sure. But, uh, you want to, and it's super hard because all these cops are making making it harder. But you want to judge the person by their character, not their. And it's almost yeah. like with racism too. Don't judge someone by their skin color. Judge them by their character. But 
I think it's good to just look at human beings as individuals. And, and, yeah. And, and yeah, regardless of what the larger group you're trying to classify them as, every every human is, is unique. And, yeah, I feel you kind of give it, giving people the benefit of the doubt, you know, and, 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 and a little bit of trust on both sides can go a long yeah. way. I, I feel that, brother. I yeah, until that. they give you a reason not to, then yeah, then yeah. But they're just there to do their job, get your information, and help you get your stuff back. There's no reason you don't need to be angry at them. I mean, yeah, you're gonna everyone takes stuff out on somebody, but just don't start going crazy and just maybe yeah. calm down and be like, okay, they're trying to help me get my stuff back. Don't just shut yourself off just because you had a bad experience with one officer, but you've dealt with thousands of them but that one off i mean that one experience is going to stick with you forever but don't yeah, let that one that, that, that was going to be my counter argument it was and just kind of to play devil's advocate not not yeah. trying to like you know disagree too much but just like uh you know it's real easy to say trust them until they give you a reason not yeah. to but but a if that's already happened to you, it's and, kind of the yeah. whole fool me once, shame on you, mm. fool me twice, shame on me. Some people yeah. have that opinion. You know, that kind of makes sense if you think about it. And then another thing is, like, a lot of times, if you wait till they give you a reason not to trust not them, to, yeah. it's kind of too late. You're already fucked. Um, yeah, no, so I agree. I, 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 I feel what you're saying, and I feel the spirit of what you're saying, and, and I know it's coming from the right place. I, I just... You know, for, for somebody, you know, if, if if the last time you got pulled over, you got your ass kicked, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's going to be hard to have, you know, a chipper attitude, you know what I'm saying? But that that's an extreme scenario. Most people, like I said, fall somewhere in the middle. And, and I think that's the another thing to end this episode on is just common ground. And we have more things in common then we have yeah. differences, I think, in, in a lot of cases, man, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I get what you're saying also. It's it's one of, it's one of those hard areas. Like you're it's a balance. Talking, it's, it's, balance it's, it's a, yeah, I feel it. I but, feel it, brother, for sure, man. But, I'm man, I'll be real. Um, I'm glad, you know, even if it was just for the year, you know, the the people of Fort Smith, Arkansas, had a man like you looking out for him, man, and, and – um, and I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, you were able to come and share your perspective. And, and, and I, yeah, this was great, bro. I really just appreciate everything you had to yeah, say. Yeah, no man, problem. I'm, I'm glad I hit you up, man. It's good to yeah. hear both, like both sides, like when totally. from the law enforcement. Now I'm still, now I'm, but then hearing like from your point of view, living in San Fran and all that. And so it was good yeah, to hear yeah. that. It was good catching up and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, most importantly, brother, it's good seeing your face. It's good hearing your yeah. voice. And yeah, man, I'll always rooting for you, brother. You know, always, always, you know, love seeing you and your family. So happy, man. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, hopefully, one of these days after the pandemic, I, we can all link up somewhere. Link and, up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great, brother. Man, oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to that day, man. Right, same here. Oh yeah, bro. All right, brother, you have a great rest of your day, man. I appreciate you your time, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Best wishes to you and Nina, man. Yeah, for sure, bro. Thank you, man. For sure.